Well, what's going on, Liberty 412 family? This is M.A., and we are in week four of breaking down 1 Timothy 412, which is our mission verse here at Liberty Students. And uh, it says this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so this week, we are diving into love. Um, at first, I thought this was going to be a one-week lesson, but... As I've dove into scriptures and just mulled over everything that God has to tell us about love and his love for us, it is a deep, deep ocean, and I just, I can't fit it into one lesson. So we're going to turn this into a two-week lesson on love, and so up first is we're going to talk about what is love and talk about who we're supposed to love and then what types of love there are, and then next week we'll dive into what God's love is for us. But we have to ask that question, what is love? Because we say it all the time, we use that word love for almost anything and everything. We say, I love, well, for instance, if I was talking, if M.A. Dozier was talking, I'd say, I love tacos, or I love dogs, or I love baseball and hunting, um, I love my family, I love God, I love Jesus. So the question we have to ask is, is the love that we express toward tacos the same love we express toward our dogs? Or is the same love we express toward our hobbies the same love we express toward God? Now this can be a hard question to deal with, and, and in our English language, we just have that one word, love. But in biblical times and in the original language in which the majority of the Bible was written in, which is Greek, there are a majority, uh, there are m multiple words for love in their language, and it's broken down mainly into three, three categories. There is phileo love, which is spelled P-H-I-L-O-S, but we say phileo love, and that definition in the Greek is meaning of warm affection or friendship. So in that instance, I could say that I phileo tacos or I have a warm affection for tacos. The other type of love is God's love, which is agape love, which is defined as the sacrificial, unconditional love of God. So in John 3.16, when God says, or when Jesus says, for God so loved the world, that does not mean that he had a warm affection towards us. It means that he was willing and did die for us on the cross. It was sacrificial and it was unconditional. Now, the problem we have is, is in our society, a lot of times we'll say, well, I love my dog like God loves me. I love him sacrificially and unconditionally. And we'll get into that into a moment because I don't think you do. I think everything else besides that love of God is phileo love. But he sacrificed Jesus on the cross to pay for our sins. And he loved us so much and so unconditionally that he did that willingly. So if we truly expect to understand God's love for us, then our response of love back to him and our response of love back to him, we need to understand and clarify what type of love is required of us. So I think the problem in our culture today is a lot, a lot of so-called Christians would say that they love God, but I really think that the love that they are expressing toward God is a phileo love. It is a warm affection. They acknowledge him as Lord but they're not really giving him the sacrificial, unconditional love that he gives back to us. So, 
How do we attain this agape love? How do we begin to love as God loved us or as Christ loves us? Well, in 1 John 14, or 1 John 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he and God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So in order for us to get this agape love that God requires of us and that God loves us with, first and foremost, it says that we have to confess Jesus as Lord. And if we do that and we are sincere in our heart and in our soul about confessing him as our individual personal Lord of our lives, then it says that God abides in us and we in him. And because he is in us, then the love he has is also in us as well. If you continue down in 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, it says that we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And so the to the question of how do we attain this agape love, well, first and foremost, we can't attain it without surrendering our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so I think a lot of people out there, a lot of cultural Christians would say that they love God, but they are not truly loving God in the form of love in which God loved us. They are phileoing God. They might think God is cool. They might think God is, is, uh, is awesome and, and all these things, but are they loving God back unconditionally and sacrificially as he loves us. So we as Christians are to be known by this love, this agape love, this all-encompassing unconditional love. And scripture, scripture plain and simply says that to us that that is how people know who we are. It's not because we call ourselves Christians, but because the love that we show other people is how we are known. In John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, it says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You, are all, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus is saying that people will know that you are a disciple of Christ because of how you love one another how you love one another with this agape, sacrificial, unconditional love. So what does that love look like? What is that love tangibly what we talk about? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8 says this, If we speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a, no I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And then it goes on to this. This is the agape love that God loves us with, and he has called us as Christians to love others by. And verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And then in verse 8 it says, love never ends. So if we truly have this agape love that we are supposed to be known by as disciples and followers of Christ, verse 8 says it never ends. It continues and goes on and on into eternity. And so when we talk about love and we talk about people falling in and out of love, or we talk about how we used to love this or used to love that, that is a phileo love. If we are truly known by God's love, that is agape love. And verse eight says, it never ends. So now that we have an understanding of of this love, I know that I said that there were three types of love and I, I only talked about phileo love and agape love. There is another type of love in the Greek language and parents, I'm leaving this out intentional for the children, uh, for the students uh, this week, but it is eros love, which is a sexual or intimate love. Um, and so I'm leaving that on purp- out on purpose. If you as parents want to talk about that type of love with your kids, I'm putting that ball into your court. My main focus today is show is to talk about how we love others in our daily lives. Uh, that third love uh, y'all can talk about as you see fit and when you feel like your child is ready for that. So the next question we must ask is this, who do we love or who are we supposed to love? Well, first and foremost, we are to love God. We are to love God with this agape love that he loved us with. And we find that in scripture again in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And so this this actual little six Uh, chapter 6 verses 4 through 6 is a little mantra it is called the Shema it is what the uh, Jewish men would recite every morning they would say the Lord our God the Lord is one I shall love the Lord my God with all my heart with all my soul and with all my might and these words that I command that he commands of me today shall be on my heart it was a constant reminder for the Jewish people of who they are supposed to love first and foremost and so when it comes to this agape love that we have Our first and foremost person and thing we are supposed to love is God. But it goes on further in scripture. It says that we are supposed to love one another. So who is this one another? Well, this one another is Christians, other believers in Christ. Now look, there are people that claim to be Christians and I fully believe are redeemed by the blood of Christ. That man, our personalities, mine and theirs just don't jive, right? But they are a brother and they are a sister in christ and so i am called to love them irregardless if i like hanging out with them or like how they approach things i am supposed to love them as christ loved them and scripture says christ died for them and so therefore i am to love them as a brother and sister in christ now we find this in first peter chapter 4 verse 8 now if you notice i'm just hammering scripture after scripture after scripture and here's the truth of the matter That's all we need is God's word, right? And so if you think that this is scripture heavy, look, this is the best referencing that we have, period, is the word of God. And so when we talk about a subject, this is my natural bent is I'm going to dive into God's word and figure out what it says. And we're just going to dive in and continue walking through scriptures because that is the truth. That is the absolute truth, which is God's word. So again, 1 Peter 4, 8 says this, above all, 
keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. 1 John 4, 8 through 11 says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, this is talking about loving other brothers and sisters in Christ. Interesting enough, I'll just say this in verse 10, when it says that he sent his son Jesus to be the propitiation, propitiation, the actual definition of that is a payment that satisfies. And so therefore, Jesus was the payment for our sins that satisfied that debt that we owed. So we are to love God first and foremost, and then we are to love one another, which is other Christians, other believers. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 14, hits the next category of people. We are supposed to love our neighbor. Now, I know in our world today, in our culture today, our neighbor, we feel like it's somebody that lives on our street or in our neighborhood or two houses down from us. But in reality, a neighbor is anybody and everybody. But in this context, it is a non-believer. So when it says love one another, that is a Christian. When it says love our neighbor, that is a non-believer. So we are supposed to love them in the same love as we love God. And so Galatians 5, 13 through 14 says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love reserve one another. For this is the law fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there's three categories so far. We are to love God, we are to love one another, and we are to love our neighbor. Now, the next one is Jesus's own words in Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 through 48. He tells us that we are to not only love our neighbors, maybe non-believers, but we are to love our enemies. So there are people in this world that are our neighbors that not are not are not believers themselves, but they are not opposed to our faith and opposed adamantly against what we believe. But then there are people that are adamantly looking to undercut us and adamantly looking to take us off of um, our, our faith in Jesus Christ, and that they would be called enemies. In Matthew 5, chapter 43 through 48, Jesus says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and, and sins reign on the, on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father was perfect. And so it's interesting enough, Jesus is confronting them right here and then saying, look, if you just love on those who love you, like what good is that? If you just greet your brothers in Christ or your sisters in Christ and love on them, what good is that? He's saying here, love your enemies as yourself. That is a absolute revolutionary statement. And what is interesting enough is in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 through 10, it says this, Paul says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from one wrath, from the wrath of God. Verse 10, listen to this very clearly. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. See, scripture here, Paul plainly says that in our sins, we were enemies of God. But even as us being enemies of God, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us because Romans 5, 8 says, but he shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. That's what we're called to do is not just love God, not just love other Christians, but love our neighbors and love our enemies as well. Now, this is a this is a hard statement. Now, I'm going to go back to where I said a lot of people will say, well, I agape love my dog. But the truth of the matter is, if you had a dog that every time you let him out of the cage, he was mean as a snake. He tried to bite your arm off. He tried to do everything he could to run away and not listen to you. He was not obeying. He tore up everything. He tore up your couch cushions. He tore up your house. He tore up your shoes. He was just an awful dog day in and day out. And there was nothing you could do to fix him. My question would be, would you still agape love him? Because in the grand scheme of things, we as sinners, we are enemies of Christ and we are enemies of God. And so therefore in this story, we are that dog that no matter what we did wrong, Jesus still died for us. Do you have that love, not only for your dog, but do you have that love for God and for other believers, your neighbor and your enemies that no matter what they do, you have the love of God in you and so you're gonna show it to them. So that's what we're gonna work on this week. Parents, I know that this was just scripture after scripture after scripture, but this is things that you could talk about with your students about when you say you love this, what do you mean? And what are the types of love? And who are we called as Christians to go out and love? Are we called to love just those that love us? Scripture says we're to love everybody, even our enemies. Y'all have a great week and we'll see you uh, next week. Stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing forward.